Hey, it's Graham. It's Thursday, and that means we're offering you another positive piece of a past interview. Each week, our team digs through the archives to find our strongest feel-good stories to present to you in podcast form. This week, Chad Johnson. Explain why uh, you used to tell defenders what you were going to do before you actually did it. So they understood that I was prepared that week. So actually, the people on the outside understood how great I was when I played. You take away the annex. Everything, everything I've done over the years is overshadowed because of the annex. But people really don't understand how really great I was at my craft. To be able to go with the, out there with the best of the best. Not only be out there with the best of the best, but tell the elite players, this is what I'm going to do. And then go out there and execute it the exact same way I said I'm going to do it. And it's not on myself because I'm relying on 10 other people for these plays to actually function like an engine. Like an engine, everything has to be working in order for it to work. You don't just drop back and throw it to Chad. But that's the confidence I had in myself. That's the confidence I had in my teammates to be able to do that for a decade straight. What would you say to the defenders? Everything. Everything. Sometimes I would tell them my route. And when would you have these conversations? At the line of scrimmage? At the line of scrimmage, if it was man-to-man. There's another thing. If you ever watch clips or you ever get a chance to talk to Marvin Lewis, I would come out the huddle and I would look at him and I would look at him and do this. And that would always be, I want you to watch me on this play. We would, I would have conversations through sign language with Marvin Lewis in the middle of plays before the snap would even occur, letting him know, watch what I do to him. Like it's, I really had such a fun time and I was so focused and zoned in when I was playing, despite what the media or everyone else might see, because you see the finished product, you see the having the fun part, but you don't see, there, there's a whole nother side that was never shown, probably because of the way I, the way I was. How often would you sleep at the stadium? Oh, you remember that? I heard yeah, of that. That was fun. First two years. First two years. I was a little kid, you know, young. And first I, two years in the NFL? Yeah, first two years I would stay at the stadium. Why? It was home. It was, it was all I knew. It was all I knew at the time was football, you know? My place... It was cool to be home, but then I was so engulfed in the game of football and wanting to just just be great at my craft that I felt this was the necessity to be just that. Where would you sleep? In the lounge room. We had a lounge room. TV, video game, arcade machine, couches were plush. It was dope. How true is it that you would sometimes call coaches to talk strategy at 2 a.m.? 2, 3 in the morning, yeah. Because I was one of the few people, one of the few people that didn't club. I didn't go out. I'm in bed by 9.30. And I always called Coach Lewis 4 or 5 in the morning. Hugh Jackson, 4 or 5 in the morning. Um, Bob Rakowski, our offensive coordinator, he got the, the most. He got it the worst. Because I always had an idea. always had some type of strategy or, or something that I felt could help us. He would get it two, three, four. It didn't matter what time it was. And did they welcome the calls? Or they like, what the hell are you doing? They did. They they knew what it was for because I did it over an expand of ten years. This wasn't just all right. I'm gonna do this this week. No, this was all the time consistently. So I was really part of the family in a sense. We'll be back with another positive story from a past interview next Thursday, and we'll pull it from our highest performing clips according to our digital community. Head over to YouTube.com/slash Graham Bensinger to join us. Thanks again for listening.